change up our whole docket because of all the moves that's happened in free agency but before we even get started in that we're going to start off by introducing of course the people that are on tonight shout out to our followers our listeners everybody that has subscribed we appreciate y'all joined by the whole squad the big three is in the building cj i guess we're going to continue this cj money bags william patterson defensive back how you doing Good man, my my boy Miles just just get put me in a good mood, saying that the Bengals signed Trey Hendrickson. So hey, that's 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 the Carl uh, Lawson replacement right there. So so we all good. We're gonna be all right. We're gonna be all right. Miles, smooth operator, left-handed Davenport. I'm taking. How you doing tonight? <laughs> good. A couple couple low key moves by the Jets, but I like it bringing some young guys in yeah you made a couple low-key moves yourself talking about you taking now i see you i see you moving i see it. i got the adam Schefter report i see it go ahead young black king do your thing greg sends mayor debate your mother nets nation we don't care about the knicks is in the building tonight how you doing Good, bro. I'm good. I'm a little worried. The Giants haven't done anything since the Giants haven't done anything. But the Nets are beating the Knicks right now down the stretch. I guess I'm not surprised by that. But still, you know, um, I'm feeling pretty good right now. I'm feeling pretty good. Um, but hey, Miles talking about the Jets made some low-key moves. Hey, Corey Davidson and Carl Lawson, that's those two big three agents. Big like, moves, hey, yeah. what are you talking about those are big moves. If anything, but you know what? Sound the alarms though. That that kind of I feel like those signings tell me they're gonna block with Sam. I think they're gonna stay with Sam. I don't know. I, it's me speculating. I know I'm getting into this already. We ain't really start the docket, nothing like that. But I think the Jets are gonna stay with Sam, yo. Those, those two signings kind of telling me, yo, like, let's let's load up around Sam. Let's give him someone to throw the ball to instead of just dumping this guy. Let's start let's there then. Let's start there. The Jets made some moves. Uh, unlike as you mentioned, the Giants haven't made moves as the other tri-state area team. For the Jets, what does this mean for them? Are these big signings to keep, you know, Sam Darnold? Does this put them in the conversation of the playoffs with these two moves right here? No. I mean, it's a slow build. Like, I like the Gerard Davis signing. He's a a sleeper. I mean, I think in this defense, utilized the right way, he could definitely be a difference maker. And it's taking a flyer on a a one-year deal. So I don't think it's that bad. Um, The Corey Davis move, though, I like. Because I, w- I don't know. I wasn't that big of a fan of giving 20 mil to Kenny Galladay coming off a injury-plagued season. As good as he is, we're not that type of team to be bringing in guys who are hurt. That's why Bud Dupree didn't make sense. Kenny Galladay didn't make sense. So I like these signings. They're young guys with upside. All the guys that we signed today are 26. So... These are guys that could be here for the long haul, depending on what that looks like. But I like the way that Joe Douglas is thinking. He's not going after these huge names and he's not, he's not paying that Jets tax where people might kind of like the CJ Mosley deal. Like they overpaid like crazy for him. Like he should have never gotten that much money, but to come play for the Jets, they had to pay a little extra. Now with Joe Douglas and 
as the GM, that's not something that's happening anymore. People are trying to tax us, but it's not it's not working. So that Corey Davis deal is good. Who else? Carl Lawson too. Shout out to shout out to uh, Chris. Shout out to Chris. <laughs> Thanks for that. I appreciate it. Yeah, you're welcome. <laughs> With you mentioning that, before we even continue on that, um, regarding the Jets tax, do you think, do y'all think it has anything to do with the uh, salary cap being lowered? We see a lot of teams are releasing players, waiving players, restructuring contracts to try to get under the salary cap. How much do you think that has affected free agency and some teams being able to be involved? I mean, I, it definitely affects it, right? You know, you got to have money to get these big-name players. And you, you, like you said, you've seen it already, you know, teams restructuring people's contracts. We saw it with Taysom Hill. Um, you know, all the years in his contract are now avoidable because uh, it saves the team money. You know, we saw it with Pat Mahomes. He restructured his contract a little bit to free up some money for the Chiefs. Tom Brady did the same thing, trying to free up money for the Buccaneers. And, boy, they had a big day, too. We'll get to that. But uh, – Going going back to, to the Jets thing real quick, I mean, that, that Corey Davis signing is huge. And the one point that I thought of, too, we were just talking about, you know, is Sam Darnold going to be their guy? Is he going to stay? If I'm Corey Davis, are you going there knowing that, like, not knowing who your quarterback's going to be? Or you think there's, you know, been some talks like, hey, we're planning on keeping Sam Darnold. Like, if you come here, he's going to be your quarterback. Or I think, I think if anybody knows, you know, Corey Davis might be one of the guys that knows because as a wide receiver, I'm not going anywhere that I don't know, you know, if they don't got their quarterback situation figured out. So either he knows who they're drafting or who they plan on taking, or he knows Sam Darnold is going to be their guy. I mean, that's all I wanted to mention on that. But going back to, to your question, yeah, I, th I think it makes a, a big difference, um, you know, for teams not being able to be involved. Uh, a lot of teams, you know, don't have money. Bengals are in a good spot. You know, we put $20 million away in cap right now, saving 11 for the uh, 11 million for the draft. So, I know uh, a lot of teams still haven't made moves yet. I mean, today was really technically, you know, day one, right? We're going to see a lot more tomorrow and, and Wednesday these signings become official and whatnot. But, um, yeah, man, there's going to be a lot more more traction moving on. For sure. Uh, Greg, you already started the conversation that we're on right now. Do you think, in your opinion, they should keep Sam Darnold or should they go with a quarterback in the draft? They should keep Sam Darnold. And trade back and continue to build his roster out and build the, uh, the sustainable team around him. Yo, let Drew Brees retiring be a lesson for everybody. Drew Brees today, it, it, his career wasn't always on this on this trajectory that he's on now. It wasn't always a Hall of Fame career. He was he was 27 when he figured it out. Like take give like we live in this microwave society of quarterbacks where you need to get it right away and it's ridiculous. Yes, we have some good examples of Pat Mahomes and Kyle Murray coming in and having instant success, but. With young quarterbacks, you gotta give it time, and that's why that's why I'm the, that's why I want the Daniel Jones bandwagon because everybody want to rush Daniel Jones out of New York. Like, relax. Like, I'm, I'm, it's just it's way too early. And Sam Donalds has shown flashes of brilliance. He really has. He really has. Like, and and when you're surrounded by nothing but crap for most of your career, you're not gonna look that good. It goes for him. It goes for Daniel Jones. It goes for all these young quarterbacks that don't do well. That's the way it works. So when you give these guys an opportunity to play with better players and you surround them with a guy like Corey Davis, you know how big of a deal that signing is for him? Like, you keep him, you give him a guy who can get open. Like, Corey Davis was solid last year. I don't know if he's the number one, but I know he was a guy I was hoping the Giants would go after because I think that he's ascending. So you go get him, you give him a guy who can go get open, he's a good route runner, um, and really technically sound. He's not a burner, but he doesn't have to be. He's a big body receiver who's got great body control. Um, and you give him somebody a good a good receiver can turn a quarterback's game around, especially a young quarterback. So yeah, you stick with Sam Darnold, you give him a shot, you trade back in the draft for a team that's thirsty to get Zach Wilson. Why would you reset it all like to, with Zach Wilson? It makes no sense. Like you're just resetting the clock all over again. Your clock is all thrown off because Zach Wilson needs at least two years to get used to the NFL game. And he's gonna make a ton of mistakes in the NFL. I watched this guy's college team. He's gonna make a ton of mistakes. He is one of those gunslinger guys. Because he can make every single throw, and he can, but he's on, he's on, he's not going to take, he's not going to understand like the timing of the NFL game and understanding how how, be, how much better these athletes are. He's going to make some bad mistakes. So, no nah, man, I'm sticking with Sam Darnold. He's taking his lumps in the NFL. That's valuable. You stick with him. You build around him. 
Um, and, you know, you, the Jets will turn things around eventually. That's the way it's going to go. But you have an opportunity to do that with all these picks, a lot of firepower to build this roster out. And free agency only helps you. They're addressing needs. Carl Lawson, um, Gerard Davis is a, is, is a sleeper pick. He's a, that's a good pickup. Like, he was really good with Detroit. He's a good linebacker. That guy can play. So, yeah, man, they're going to be solid. You just got to give them – you got to give them a chance to grow. It's – this microwave society with quarterbacks is really, really annoying. And it, it's it's across sports, but more more so quarterbacks than anything else. So, yeah. Side, sidebar, just on that conversation, because I was having this conversation with somebody today and listening to different sports talk shows. Can – we'll stick specifically with NFL. Can teams – have a win-now mentality and develop their youth, or they got to choose one or the other? You can you can balance. You can balance both. You can balance both. There's a way to build yeah, and I, be competitive. Yeah, there is, because if you're building up the roster with a bunch of good draft picks, but you're also addressing some needs in free agency, um, you can be competitive. You can be competitive. And I know this example is going to rub people the wrong way because this division was horrible last year, but – if you think about it, with every team being six and ten and being god awful, the Giants were in the end of the division race in a rebuilding situation. So yeah, you can do that. Yeah, are you going to win the championship? No, but you can compete. You can compete. Like it's it's win now situation is it, if you're talking about just championship level, then no, no, you're not there. Okay, like that's not going to happen. But if you're talking about being able to compete and be competitive and give give teams a run for their money every single time you play them. And make a playoff, make it make a playoff burst, and then win a game or two. Yeah, you could do that. You definitely could. I mean, you're kind of seeing it now a little bit too with the Cardinals, right? I mean, they got a, a lot of young pieces on their team, but yet they're adding these veteran players like Hopkins and and Watt. You know, over the last few years, it's not all in one season, but like you got Murray, he, he's still young, less than three years in the league, and then you got Andy Isabella on the outside as wide receiver, and a you know Simmons as a D end and whatnot. So like. I mean, they got young pieces, too, and, and they have that same exact mentality that you're talking about, that win-now mentality um, and just trying to be competitive. Do they do they have their eyes set on a championship? Maybe maybe they think so now, signing J.J. Watt, but um, they're, they're definitely, you know, a good example of that, that young team um, that has some veteran pieces that has that kind of develop and also win now. Everybody want to be ballers, shot callers. Mm. Patriots have been putting out the Benjamins today. Yes, sir. Over $150 million spent on contracts. Within three hours, they was getting busy. What are y'all takeaways from the Patriots' busy free agency on day one, which in past, we have not seen the Patriots do anything like this. Cam, man, it's Cam's time to to show up here. They're giving him an opportunity to to, to re, rebrand himself and and shake this image where it's like, oh yeah, he's not that good of a quarterback anymore. He's gonna have a, he's gonna have a real opportunity. They got him Nelson Aguilar, um, defensive. They got a major defensive. I mean, they got Judon. I didn't see that coming. Um, they got Jalen Mills too, and they got Jonu Smith, very underrated tight end too. So. Man, he's going to have guys to throw the ball to. It's going to be a much different offense. Aguilar's going to take the top off defenses, too. It's fast. They got Kendrick Bourne, I think I saw, too. Like, it is ridiculous how many guys they went out and signed. Um, I, this is also Belichick influence, too. Um, when, you're, when you're in the league for as long as this guy is and you win as many games as Belichick has won in the NFL, you're not playing to rebuild. That's that's not what you're doing. You know, you, that's not it. So, um, I think that's also part of it, too. They weren't going to be down for too long. They're going to be solid at the least because even if Cam isn't great, let's just say Cam isn't great, they're going to run the ball. They're going to they're going to they're going to run behind a big old line. They're going to play great defense with, and they're going to have all their guys coming back and Gilmore and everyone coming back and playing well and all and Hightower coming back and these guys who were who were um, COVID who were on the COVID list last year aren't going to be out next this year. They're going to be a much better team, and I I, I think I tell you what, uh, if I was Josh Allen in those Bills, I'd be shivering right now because it's it's going to get real crazy for them. It's scary out. Yeah. Alluding to what you just mentioned before Miles and Chris goes, I believe four out of the six players, like four of their big signings, are all signed to Drew Rosenhaus. 
And Drew Rosenhaus came out and said his relationship with Bill Belichick and the winning culture played a huge factor in these deals getting done. So you definitely hit the nail on the head right there. Uh, Miles and Chris, your takes on it, especially you, Miles. Jets. Oh, yeah. Looks like the Patriots are back to dominance, baby. Indeed. I wouldn't say back to dominance. They like they still have Cam Newton at quarterback, which I mean, another offseason. Let's see what that'll do. But he was kind of declining a little bit towards the end of his time in Carolina. So let's see what happens. It's not like they signed Kenny Galladay and Allen Robinson. They signed Aguilar and Bourne. One guy who there was a whole meme about him last year, and the other guy who he's been kind of a rotation player with the, the 49ers. So it's kind of under under the radar signings like that that doesn't that doesn't shock me from the, the Patriots standpoint. But defensively, they did get better. Signing Matt Judon, who everybody saw him over in Baltimore. He's, he's a difference maker. So add him to your defense. They took one of our guys who was, I don't know, he was bad, Henry Anderson. But we'll see. Bill always knows how to make things work with, with guys who, who struggled a little bit. So clearly they're gearing up to make a, a playoff run because they earlier in the week, last week, they made a trade for, what was his name, Trent Brown. Obviously, they're trying to protect Cam, so surrounding him with some talent to see how it is. They're paying a, a quarterback $14 million. There's not many teams in the league that, that are paying a quarterback that little amount of money. So, of course, they can spend everywhere else to try to fill up this roster. So they made they made some splashes, but let's see if amount, it, it amounts to anything this year. That's a good point. Um, a lot of people view it that way. They want to see it first. But I think Cam is going to come and really ball out. Of course, like you said, it's not like they signed Randy Moss. But still, I think with some – some good signings for them uh, to improve, get back in that playoff. Look, I mean, look at last year. Up to one point, they was in a playoff race. They was competitive the whole season. Teams they shouldn't have beat. Bill Belichick had the great game plan. So you put some talent in a lot of the players returning. They just want I think the of the doubt just because they have Belichick. Cam was Cam was standing. His performance was standing. They have Belichick. You have talent. You're gonna win a lot of games. Belichick's that is a goal, period. Chris, your takes? Yeah, not, not to just harp on what everyone else is saying, but, like, defensively, we know they got better, right? But the, the one thing that, uh, you know, is nice about this trade with Aguilar, I know he's not, like, the greatest wide receiver, but you saw his progression from his last year in Philly to his first year under John Gruden with the Raiders. You know, 800-plus-something yards, um, you know, he had – all-time highs and, you know, career highs for, you know, touchdowns and yards. So, you know, if he's going from that situation under Bill Belichick, you know Bill's going to get the best out of him. He has a, a history of making, you know, some of these no-name wide receivers become stars with Chris Hogan and whatnot and, and things of that nature. So, um, hey, if, if Cam can can really ball out and, and, and they get him, you know, a few more pieces on the line to protect him and, and – uh, allow him to stay in the pocket. He's he's not going to be running like he used to. It's not not his mo anymore. Um, but hey, you get him a few more pieces on the outside. I don't I don't think Aguilar is going to be enough. But it's definitely going to be a step up from what he had last year. Um, so all we're looking to see Cam is is improve. Now a lot of people are saying like, hey, Cam might not be their their guy long term, which we know. But like even if we see Cam struggle early next year, which I, I hope isn't the case. You know, Jared Stidham can come in real quick, but I'm, I'm kind of wondering, like, hey, did did they do this for for Jared Stidham or did they do this for Cam? Because at the end of the day, like last year, we we saw Cam pulled a few times for Jared Stidham just because Cam wasn't able to get things going. But again, he didn't have any pieces around him. It was a totally different situation. So um, I definitely think the the Patriots are going to be back in the playoff race this year. And I'll leave you. I'll leave it with this the reason that they're able to get a lot of these players, which we all know is, is just because of the Patriots and who they are as a, as a, as an organization. organization. Yeah. They're, they're like, they've proven time and time again, whether it's Tom Brady, Bill Belichick, that they're able to win games and bring championships back to that city. So 
when, when the Patriots reach out to you to say, hey, you want to come play for New England? I'm sure there's not much that negotiation that goes on. Everybody's like, all right, cool. Let's, you know what I'm saying? Let's just, let's just make sure these numbers is right. And, you know, it, it's a quick moving process that people are wondering like, oh, over three hours, they signed all these people. Like, that's why, because they're the New England Patriots. It's not like the, you know, the Oakland Raiders, the Denver Broncos are reaching out to you where you got to consider your living situation. Like, man, it's Boston. You know, you're going to be straight there. And, and if you get in the bag too, and you're going to a winning, winning situation, like there's not much thinking that needs to go into that as long as the money's right. I'll make probably – y'all might disagree, agree. This might be a hot take. I think Cam Newton is a top-10 quarterback next year. I'll put that out there now. I think he'll be a top-10 quarterback this year. I have faith in Cam. You give him a whole offseason, learn the offense, get a training camp, really spend time with Belichick and get this down. I got faith in Cam. I think we saw bits and parts last year where he was – he was – you saw flashes. So, I think you give him a whole offseason – I think we'll see Cam in the top 10 conversation. Might be a hot take. Obviously, Miles will choke right there. It feels as a hot take. So, we'll post no, it. We'll post it and see take. what they say. Greg, we'll, we'll transition into this. Um, before we even go into the Bucks and some of the re-signings and the franchise tags that has happened so far, we got to talk about your Giants. We talked. You said you know why they're doing it. But for our listeners, can you break down – there's been some silence over uh, with the Giants and Gettleman and talks of maybe bringing back Tiki Barber. Like, what's going on in Giants land? Yo, for all the Giants fans that listen to the podcast, I'm sure they understand what's going on. But Leonard Williams got the tag. Um, they've restructured a bunch of deals. They restructured Nate Soldier's deal, which is a bigger contract. Um, and they're going to use him as a swing tackle. And that's going to free up space. But the problem is that franchise tag is eating up all their cap space. So until they get Leonard Williams signed to a long-term deal where they can backload the money, like a lot of these contracts you're seeing, these big contracts in the market, they're backloaded. So these teams have free agency, have money to go spend in free agency. The Chiefs have done that. They, they backloaded Pat Mahomes' contract so he can go out and get Joe Thune today, right? Like that's what that's what the logic is. So the Giants need to do the same thing with Leonard Williams. The only problem is that that uh, negotiation is taking a little longer than they would have thought. Um, I, I, the rumor is that Leonard Williams wants $25 million a year. Um, frankly, that's a lot. That's OD. That's, that's, OD, that's OD, okay? He's on some other – and I get it. Like, he should want to get paid. That makes a lot of sense. Um, and, and he's been very good. And his value to a team is, is immense because he can not only stop the run, but he can also rush the passer. So, yes, like, he had a really good year. He should try to cash in, even if it's at our expense. The problem is I don't think John's going to pay him that kind of money. And so this is – we're a little bit of a stalemate here. Regardless – I think the deal gets done within the next 24 to 48 hours because I don't think they, they don't have much of a choice. I don't, I don't know how you can make any signing with that situation. And watch the – and that's the thing. Until that deal is done, you're not going to see the Giants make any moves. Um, as far as prospective moves they should make and could make, is Kenny Galladay. All right, Kenny Galladay is at the top of the market. It's between the Dolphins. The Dolphins are going to – might go after him. They might not. The Dolphins have a high pick. They don't need to. They can get Jamar Chase. They don't need to, to do that. You know what I'm saying? Like they can save the money and go somewhere else. Wherever they wherever wherever they feel a position is a more of a position of need for them, they can go that way with it. So for the Giants, I think that the market is right for the taking for Kenny Galladay. You go get him, you get Daniel Jones, the guy you can put a ball to and take it from there. But um, a lot of good players up in the market. Giants fans shouldn't shouldn't freak out. The good thing about all this and the way this season has panned out and this offseason is that. It's the top of the market was always going to be the top of the market. These top market players were always going to go fast. But the bottom of the market, these guys getting released, or who, who these teams can scavenge on and get for the cheap. And you're going to get good players, right? Those two tackles that were that left the Chiefs are good players. Eric Fisher and um, Schwartz, they're good players. Um, so you and that's just like a few examples that like you can go get other good guys. So don't freak out. I'm not, I'm not freaking out. The Giants will be fine. They'll, they'll get players to address some needs, and Leo will be signed. It'll be good. We'll transition. We'll talk about the Bucks re-signing. We'll talk about Aaron Jones staying with Green Bay and the implications to that. Before we get into that, we're going to transition to flag on the play segment, lightening up, a little laughter here. First one, except with a decline. Hey, we got the dog. Okay. We got a site. We got a special guest on. Okay. Uh... Salt Bay charges. $1,000 for a golden steak. 
Accept or decline? Decline. King King Back Bach, whatever his name is. Yeah, that yeah. was, that was that a was, super pause. That was foul, yo. This dude, I ain't got nothing to say, bro. I'm not trying to get him trying to get canceled out here. <laughs> <laughs> Second one. Future retweets. So somebody tweeted something and future retweeted it in an agreeance. The tweet was, if Hendrix would have came out in 1982, MJ, as in Michael Jackson, would have never blew up, except or decline. Come on, Hendrix is tough. Decline. But Hendrix is tough. But come on now. What's wrong with these guys, yo? It's Young Thug trying it with these with the with the old school guys. They don't, they don't got they don't got no respect for the guys that paved the way for them, man. Our future's just trolling. Hendricks is tough. Yeah, it's it's no way. MJ, nah, nah. You could have said they they're not even in the same category. Oh, exactly at all. You could have said Lionel Richie, and I might have agreed with you. <laughs> <laughs> Michael Jackson, that's that's a reach. And the last one, EA Sports has confirmed that they will be coming out with a college football game in 2023, except or decline. Except. I need that PS5. ASAP. ASAP Rocky. ASAP. Only thing that they, they're going through right now, they say they're still, you know, having issues with getting the signage and, you know, the names and whatnot. As of right now, Notre Dame already said that they will not be involved with the video game and they're still trying to figure out what they would name it because of everything going on now with you got to pay the players and whatnot. But they said they're definitely still coming out with one in 2023 though. So put Joe Burrow on the cover. Who cares if Notre Dame not in the game? They like that. They don't use them anyways. They don't want to use them anyways. Right. Like, go ahead. They can go somewhere. Just make sure you get all the SEC teams in there. It's buzzing. <laughs> you worry about that. Right. How many Rutgers don't want to be in the NCAA? I don't care, bro. Nobody's playing for you. It's like it's like the Utah Jazz telling 2K, are oh, we not trying to be in the game? Okay. Like, what? <laughs> Does anyone care? Oh, no. Transitioning back. The Super Bowl champs have made some key resigns. They didn't sign, per se, anybody new. They re-signed back Shaquille Barrett, Rob Lukowski in on one year. They signed back Chris Godwin. Well, they franchise tagged him. They signed back Levante David, which was a huge signing. What's your take so far on what the champions have done? Are they just poisoning themselves for another run? Hey, I think they're doing everything they can to keep Tom Brady happy. You know, Tom Brady was the main piece that, that they wanted, and they got him. So now they're trying to keep the other players that went there because of Tom Brady and, and what that organization envisioned. Uh, and it's working, right? You franchise tag his favorite target, Chris Godwin. He can't go nowhere. And then you sign Gronk to another one-year deal. Um, he's not going anywhere. And he already said he was going to come back, you know, just work out a deal. And then the pieces on defense that they kept, like you said, Levante David, two years, $25 million. Like, hey, they're, they're trying to run it back for real. Like, <laughs> they're trying to do this thing again. Tom Brady's not playing any games. You know, sign that, sign that extension. Um, you know, they see this as their window to go back-to-back in. I'm, I'm all for it. I'm trying to see what they do with uh, my man Leonard Fournette, whether he walks and, and goes and gets the bag somewhere else as, as a number one uh, running back. But, um, yeah, man, I, I don't know if, if they'll run it back and do it again, but, you know, they'll, they'll definitely be contenders and in that conversation for sure. Um, here comes Tom. Tom's going to be a year old. Ripping off into this, bro. Listen, yes, they're going to be competitive. Yes, Tom's going to manage the game, and then Tom's going to win some games and get to the playoff. You yeah, also the biggest. You know, you know what my problem is, though? Bro, bro. You know what my problem is, though? Tom Brady heater in the no, world. You know what my problem is, though? never just give the man credit. No, it's not like, you know, here's my problem. Yeah, yes, I do. Yes, I do. I <laughs> came on here. He's a great, yes, I did. I say he's the greatest quarterback of all time. And then, then he's playing for 20 minutes. Now, here's my problem, though. Now, here's my problem. You see, he gonna do. He gonna manage the game. They're gonna win eleven games next year, ten games next year, whatever that, whatever it comes out to being. And he's in, they're gonna be the the, list, the whispers will be getting louder for old greatest athlete of all time. And that's when people lose me, bro. You got people in the comment, mainly Noah, but people in the comments talking about, <laughs> oh, yeah, um, Tom's the greatest athlete of all time. If you don't get out of here with that, yo, because it is so much more than just winning. 
Okay, you could say Tom the greatest winner of all time, but to say he's the greatest athlete of all time is blasphemy. Tom don't look at himself in the mirror and think that it's no way, as arrogant as Tom Brady is, is no way he think he's the greatest athlete of all time. So I know I'm changing the subject a little bit. Yes, they reloaded. They did exactly what we expect them to do. They're gonna make Tom Brady happy. That's fine. But as Tom ages, this thing is gonna get less and less realistic. It just has to. We're not talking about Braun. We're talking about Tom Brady. We're talking about a guy with physical limitations, okay? He was never once deemed to be ever – he was never once ever deemed to be Superman at any point in his career. So, yes, Tom is a great quarterback. He's the greatest quarterback of all time. Yes, he is. But at some point, the wheels got to fall off the wagon. And so that team's going to be good. He's going to manage the game. And they're going to run into a buzzsaw in the NFC. <laughs> NFC. And it's going to be fine. He's a game manager. You see how he had a game manager in there? Tom, like, Tom like, a game manager at this point in his career. Tom, there's no way you could go. Yo, Tom is a game manager. He managed them all the way to a Super Bowl. The defense carried them. I don't think it's any I don't think it's any debate there. Tom managed those guys to a Super Bowl. All right. No, I don't. I don't think anyone's disagreeing with you on that. I just think, I just think that there's there's definitely a, a lot of bias going into that. And 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 two, no, and two, like you turn this whole conversation. No, no, no. Hold on. You you turn the Bucks running it back into a conversation of whether Tom is a, the greatest athlete of all time. <laughs> hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. I get I get where you're coming from because I, I agree with you. I don't I don't think he's the greatest athlete of all time either. I think he's the greatest winner of all time. You hit the nail on that with that. All I'm saying is that. They got a pretty good chance at running it back. And you probably said these same comments last year before the season started, and then they proved you wrong. And now they're about to do it again. And I get it. Tom Brady's getting older, too. But until he shows signs of, you know, his, his him going down, and, and maybe yes. a little bit. Yeah, man, maybe we saw it a little this year with more interceptions and things like that, too. But it's also getting next, uh, used to a new system and a new team and things like that, too. So I, I want to see what he does this year, especially if they play the Giants. Hey, let me just. <laughs> hey, we we should have beat them. We should have beat them. Yo, that's the craziest thing. They didn't even play well against us. Yo, let me tell you something, bro. The, the Bucks are like the hey, least. Hey, Chris, scary. why you do that? <laughs> I wanted least, to get them going. Yeah, yo, they're the least scary team, <laughs> least scary championship team I ever seen, bro. I ain't scared of them. I'm not scared of the Bucks, bro. I was more scared of the Chiefs coming off that coming off the win. They really are. The defense is scary. The offense, like, okay, is cool. Like, they got receivers. They got Sc- Scotty Miller running around. What's with Tom and all these white receivers? Like, yeah. You, you got oh, it's only the- <laughs> you got you got, uh, you got Chris Godwin and them dudes. Like, that's cool. I'm saying they, they're going to be a good team. But Greg you know, to get us canceled, bro. <laughs> I'm, just say- I'm just saying, though. I'm just saying. Like, I, I they're going to be they're going to be a good team. I just don't know that they're going to – I don't think they're going to repeat. They're not going to repeat. Uh, they're not. That was the question, right? Are they gearing are they gearing themselves up for a repeat? They're not. They're not gonna win another championship this year. This year. Not nah, yo know, gearing themselves up and whether they're gonna repeat are two different conversations. Are they trying to repeat? That's what gearing up means. And that's what. The question what, is that. It, the question. <laughs> that, 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 that was the question. That was the question. That was the question. That Antonio asked. He said, "Are they gearing up?" And the answer is yes. Yeah, man, I'm geared up to go outside. Like we geared up to do something every day. Yes, they're gearing up to, to, to repeat. It don't mean anything. Okay, I'm just saying that's cool. We geared up to do a lot of things. The Giants are gearing up to go to go to the playoffs. Like, are they gonna go? I don't know. Like the hell, like it, it, that's, yes, the the that they're gonna try to. That's the page. You're getting me so tight. The Bucks <laughs> are trying to go. The Bucks are trying to win another one, bro. But are they are they going to? Are they gonna be successful? Is the bottom bottom line. I don't, I don't, I don't think so. No, I'm gonna get out of the NFC this year. They went in that same division. Uh, the Saints decide to sign James Winston back, running back for one year extension. With that team, Drew Brees finally announced his retirement. We all expected that would come. With how they decided to do this, they're obviously going with either Jameis or Taysom. Miles, in your opinion, based off of what you've seen as the Saints system, which quarterback you think would actually have? the best opportunity for the Saints to be a winning franchise next season? I think Taysom Hill, honestly. I think Jameis is just an insurance policy. That's why they keep giving him these these one-year deals. Just in case Taysom Hill either falls off or all those times running him out at tight end start catching up to him. Because he's been in the league for a while. He's been in the system. Jameis was in for what, just this past season? He knows the system. He's been behind Drew Brees, albeit playing different positions, but he still knows the Saints system. So that's the one I'd have the most confidence in. And clearly 
that's who the Saints have the most confidence in. Otherwise, you wouldn't give somebody four years, 140, if you didn't believe that they could get the job done. But that's also, you see, they, they added some voidable years in there too. So if this year doesn't go well and they have to go to Jameis, then they could honestly run things back the next year with Jameis as the quarterback and just drop the other guy. So I think that the Saints, they're not in the best position. And I wouldn't want to be a Saints fan right now because it's like you're kind of in limbo. You, This Drew Brees limbo that, that you've been left with, even though he hasn't been the best quarterback in the past, in, in the past couple of years, but I don't know. I don't. I don't have that much confidence in them, and I think their their Super Bowl windows shut. Oh, we can't. Yeah, I got it. You can't leave this. Go on, go ahead, Chris. Just make sure that you don't you don't skip much. Just make sure you get to me. <laughs> nah, I'm I'm gonna have to disagree though. I th- I think Jameis Winston is is gonna be their starting quarterback, and simply because of the fact that I think that Taysom Hill is too valuable to just leave at quarterback. The way you can move him around and put him at different positions, I, I think the Saints take a lot of value in that just seeing everything he's been able to do over the past four years or not four years uh you know just the, the past few years whatever the case may be um and Jameis Winston I think this is probably last year is probably the most telling year of his career being able to sit behind one of the greatest quarterbacks that we've seen in, in our generation and being able to watch and, and grow and, and develop himself after coming off that that good and bad year right where he threw 30 touchdowns and 30 interceptions I think that you know, the Saints re-signing him to a, another one-year deal tells you that they have faith in him and they want to see what he can do in this next year. I don't think they sign him to to one-year deal just to sit as a backup quarterback again. You know, you can go and get, an, uh, you know, an Andy Dalton to be your backup quarterback if that's the route you want to go um, and things like that. So I think I think with J-Bo, I think, I think they mean business and, and they want to see what he can really do um, after learning that system for a full year. I don't think they're they going to win playoff games, but um, – I think they want to see if he can handle, you know, taking over the franchise. Hey, if they need a backup quarterback on the cheap, I'll take a two point five million dollar contract. <laughs> I'll be the I'll be the black Drew Brees, five ten, can't hey. see over the offensive line. I'll do it. That Michael Vick, for real. Hey, Greg, I know you've been opinionated from day one when in the season they decided to start Taysom over Jameis. You had a nice soliloquy on this, so I want to hear your thoughts on this situation. Give me, give me a second. The, the Giants just lost Dalvin Tomlinson. Give me a second. Yeah, just oh, he about to get real. I knew that would happen, though. I knew that. Yeah, would it hasn't happened. It just sucks. I love that guy. Um, who who they use him to? Huh? The Vikings. Vikings. Two million. Mm. The Giants. The Giants. Mm. All right. Well, hey, listen. Let's let's start right, going back to Taysom Hill because all right, cool. <laughs> Taysom Hill, yo, okay, so we all, I think we all interpreted this contract differently. I, mean, I saw $140 million come across the ticker this morning and then when they signed the deal, it made sense to me because it was like, okay, like they're paying him market value for because he's, he's a utility man who does a lot of different things. That's not a quarterback driven contract. It's not because he plays quarterback, it's because he does everything for them. He's valuable to the offense. That, that's why. So, you know what I mean? So, I never thought for a second that that contract validated his place as a starting quarterback in the NFL. Because it doesn't. He's not an NFL quarterback. He just isn't. Um, he's a guy, It's cute, but they do. They run him out there. They do all these gimmicks and stuff like that. And he's got a good arm. But when it comes down to it, I think we saw um, he's not going to win you a playoff game. He just isn't. Um, so that's where I'm at with that. Jameis Winston threw 30, 30 touchdowns without being able to see straight last year. He also threw 30 picks. <laughs> <laughs> so, 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 and look, because you got LASIK because <laughs> you got LASIK surgery, now you can see. Now James can see, bro. You got to run that back with him, and you got to see what he's capable of. It, it, it doesn't make sense to to give the keys to Taysom oh, yeah. Hill. You have, a, you have a clear cap on what you can do with Taysom Hill as your quarterback. You just do. You're not going to win a championship, and that team's a win-now team. You got to give Jason James Winston the, the, the keys, run the ball, right? Run the ball, have him play off play action, have him throw into friendly situations. And you know that if the game's in the line, I have a better shot at making the big throw with Jameis than I do with him because Jameis can do more, make more finesse throws than Taysom can. Taysom just rockets the ball into open space. He has a great arm, but he doesn't make finesse throws. He's not a quarterback. 
Jameis Winston is a trained quarterback. He does this. Like, come on, man. Like, it's Jameis's job to lose. I know they said, oh, he's not a guaranteed starter, but it's Jameis's job to lose. They're going to run him out there. He's going to play <laughs> a significant amount of snaps for them. And he's going to have an opportunity to re, again, similar to Cam, to rebrand his image. To rebrand his image. And that's it. And I think he's going to have less turnovers because Sean Payton's a very good offensive coach. As much as I don't like Sean Payton, he's a very good quarter, very good coach of quarterback. He's going to make that guy play very, very well. He's going to have him playing his best football, um, similar to how he had Drew Brees playing his best football. Okay. It's, it's, it's going to click. It's going to click. This is what that means. The microwave society. Okay. He was throwing, he, he threw 30 picks with one eye closed. Like, you got to give him a chance to open up them eyes and, and he's going to play much better football. So, no, the Saints quarterback of this year will be Jameis Winston. And he's going to play damn well for them, too. But Taysom, no, Taysom's going to go run some jet sweeps. He's not playing quarterback for not, not like, not, he's not, he's not playing quarterback for a team that's trying to win a, t- a championship. No, that's not going to happen. He's, he's just too valuable everywhere else. There's so many things you can do with him. He's, he's just not that good at playing quarterback. <laughs> that's what it comes down to. Like, yeah, he's good I, at I, think, I, I agree with you. I, yeah. But he's just not yeah, that good. I, I think James is, is better. I mean, I, I, I don't understand it, bro. Like, he, he's – it's cool, but he's not – He's not an NFL quarterback. He just isn't. He he's a utility man. He's a utility man. That's what he does. That's cool. And this just breaking in, by the way, uh, it's, I don't think it moves a needle. But Washington football team has signed Ryan Fitzpatrick to their quarterback carousel. Just throwing it out there, breaking news. Uh, the last couple ones we'll talk about before we transition. Bud Dupree to the Titans, and Aaron Jones staying with Green Bay. But Dupree to the Titans, is that a bigger signing for Tennessee or a bigger loss for Pittsburgh? Uh, I think bigger, bigger signing. Way bigger loss for Pittsburgh. I don't know. I think bigger signing. I think bigger signing. I think it's bigger for Tennessee. Yeah. Because he's yeah, replacing Clowney, who did basically just breathe air in Tennessee last year. He didn't really do much. So, but Dupree, even though they're paying him a lot, coming off an ACL injury, he's – He's been improving every year, and he was one of the, the catalysts on that defense. Like, it was him, and it was T.J. Watt. So, I like this signing. It, they needed a pass rusher. Clearly, they weren't getting that from Clowney, and I don't think anybody's ever going to get that from Clowney. So, time to move on. Let's let's regroup. This is a playoff team, a team that two years ago made the AFC championship game. So, not to say that that's in their future this year, but – this definitely adds to this team and helps them build on a, a better defense because that was one of the issues last year. The defense wasn't as strong as it was in years past. $16.5 million annually for Bud Dupree. They haven't released yet the amount of years, but $16.5 million annually is very five. nice. Oh, it's five years. Five. Five years, 85. Dinner is up to 85. Five. Dinner is on oh, Bud, Bud Dupree, for sure. With the Bud. He earned it. Facts. Aaron Jones staying with the Packers. Uh, it was reports that he said he could have got more in other teams, but he decided to stay in Green Bay because he wanted to be in Green Bay. How big is this signing for them to keep Aaron Jones? Many people did not think they was going to keep Aaron Jones because of their cap space situation. Aaron Jones decided to take a little bit less money and stay with Green Bay. A no-brainer decision either way. If you're Aaron Jones, you play. You're better because you play with Aaron Rodgers. If you're the Packers, if you don't want to piss Aaron Rodgers off to the point where he wants to, where he doesn't play this year, then you resign these guys like Aaron Jones. It's bad enough you went and got a quarterback instead of getting a wide receiver last year. You at least you can do is resign their star running back. And again, they hit gold because he's a fifth-round pick. This is what they do. They draft fifth-round picks, and whether it works out or not, they don't invest big. You know, their high picks into offensive talent. So. It's interesting. I mean, it's, it's a big move for them because it was big to keep them. Does it make them better? They're the, they're the exact same team they were when it started. So it's kind of like, all right, guys, like, what are you going to do to be better this year than you were last year to give Aaron a chance to win the Super Bowl? Bottom line, they got to go get another, they got to get a receiver or two. They got to. We'll see what happens. But it's a big signing for them. Yeah, they they got to get that big name receiver, too. Not no big name receiver. They're not getting no Kenny No, no, no. They're not getting Kenny but they can get, they can No, get maybe, 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 maybe not a kid. Maybe, yeah, maybe, maybe not a Kenny Galladay, but they got to get someone that, that can get open and, and allow that, that play action to work. 
because Aaron Jones, he he's lethal out of the backfield, but like I no. felt like last year they didn't have that that big time wide receiver, and they were overusing Aaron Jones. You know who'd be good for them? Isaiah McKenzie from the Bills, a fast guy, fast twitch guy, would take the top off the defense. That's what you need. You don't need no big name receiver. You already have that Devontae. Just get a guy who can stretch the defense out, and Aaron can air that thing out down the field too. That'd be that'd be a guy like Isaiah McKenzie. Yeah. Uh, not that Curtis Samuel either, just in case we can try out on Kenny Galladay. <laughs> I think you got Kenny Kenny Galladay's uh, find my iPhone. I got you got to figure it out, especially right now for the Giants. He can't leave the meeting without a deal done, bro. He cannot leave the meeting without a deal done. Unacceptable. This could get Gettleman fired if it doesn't go down. I don't know about a lot. I mean, he, <laughs> he, he should have been fired. If it yeah, wasn't. he should have been fired. <laughs> I mean, he should have been fired because, but. He's done a good job. I think. I think this will work out. I think they'll get their. They'll get their guy. But whoever, whoever that ends up being, we'll see. Transitioning into cap or facts. First one: the Hornets will end the season with a higher seed than the Knicks. Cap or facts? I think facts. Facts. That's facts. <laughs> <laughs> they got an easier schedule. It's getting tough right now. Like we got the, the. We had the Nets today. We lost. We got. Philly tomorrow night. We had He's the Bucks on We're going to talk about it. We're going to talk about it. So it, it should be interesting. We're a little banged up right now. So trade deadline should be interesting. Cap of facts. The Wizards are actually the winners of the Wall Westbrook trade. Mm. Sometimes, sometimes in life, sometimes life needs to try to win. Sometimes there is never a win. Sometimes there's not a winner. That's the way life works. I know we talk about sports, but sometimes there's not a winner. All right, like I know the, the Rockets suck, the Wizards suck too. The Wizards suck too, and I, and so it, I don't know that anybody won that trade. I think it just canceled each other out. They've been equally, they've been equally disturbingly bad this year. John Wall's been playing well. It's not about. The players individually. John Wall and Westbrook are still very good players in the NBA. They're, they're good players, but the teams are bad. The teams are really, really bad. And at the end of the day, what you care about is winning basketball games. Neither has been able to deliver that. The Wizards are turning things around. I get it, but come on, you're the AC in the East. The yeah, better than you. Lamelo Ball better than both them right now. And Russell Westbrook and and John Wall. The slander. <laughs> The mellow ball better than both of them right now. The mellow ball is probably top 10 point guard in the NBA, bro. No cap. No cap. Yeah. That's, a hot take. That's a hot take. I don't know. He's better than both of them right now. He's better than John Wall. He's better than Russell Westbrook. Westbrook. I'm sorry, Westbrook. <laughs> yeah, his reports that John Wall is going to need another uh, knee surgery. So some serious? people, yeah, it came out about like three hours ago. So some oh. people, some people are saying, you know, they're switching it. Westbrook as of late has kind of found a groove. Of course, like you said, the Wizards have not been winning and they still are in a bad position, but Westbrook seems fully healthy again and he seems like somewhat of his old self, around 18, 19 points, 20 points a night, walking triple-double. So as of right now, some people are changing their viewpoints on the winner of the tree. Last one, cap or facts? Anthony Edwards has surpassed Emmanuel quickly as the second best rookie this season so far. Exciting wise. Exciting. If we're talking, if we're talking about exciting wise, uh, yo, yeah. <laughs> you can't put that on a rookie, but they don't win ever. Like they won last night. They don't win. They won nine times all year. But Anthony Edwards is exciting, but here's my problem with him: he's a high volume shooter, and, and and like he's not that efficient. And I know he's a kid. I know he's exciting. I know he can jump. I know he's got a lot of talent, but he's not efficient at all. Like, there's no efficiency in his game. And you know what else? He doesn't get anybody else any easy buckets. Everything is for himself. It's like a black hole when he touches the ball. You know, like, he is fun. Uh, that guy, you know, I love that guy. Like, he's funny. Talking about Popeyes after the game. That's my kind of guy. He's great. I think he's going to be a good player in the NBA for a long time. But I don't, like, I just don't. Guys like that don't help you win games without a lot being around him. He can't be your A. He's not the A. He's he's B or C, and, and that's what it looks like. Unless, until he learns how to just, he has to get, he has to be more of a we guy than a me guy. And right now he's more of a me guy. So I like quickly better. I like quickly better than him. I really do. 
I think Quickly's more of a wee guy. He gets it. He's he's been forced to play winning basketball. The Knicks are playing winning basketball. They fought the Nets, the Nets to the nail tonight. That team is they play hard and Tibbs isn't playing the right way. And there's a lot to be said for guys who play the right way as opposed to guys who play for themselves. And Anthony plays for himself. And I, again, I think he's gonna be very he's very talented. He, he's he's got more physical tools than Emmanuel Quickly. He's got him beat there. But from a from the sense of how you play basketball and playing basketball the right way, Quickly's got him beat. So I think Quickly's a better rookie. As as Chris said, he is very exciting. Uh, it seems like as of late, over the last two or three weeks, we're seeing Anthony Edwards on Sports Center Dagner every night, from dunks to highlights to the passes when he does pass, um, or even his after interviews, which I think that's going to get him some. It's going to get him some money off yeah. the court. He has such he has such a personality. But transitioning back to this Knicks talk, the Knicks have the third toughest second half schedule behind the Magic and the Spurs, who are also fighting for playoff uh, spots. They have, just throw it out there, at the beginning of May, a six-game road trip. Houston, Memphis, Denver, Phoenix, ending off with Clippers and the Lakers. Six-game road trip right there just to throw out some of their difficulty in their schedule. And they have a couple of uh, back-to-backs. And as Miles mentioned, they are kind of banged up. With their schedule and how it's going, are the Knicks looking more of like a playing team? Or do you think they'd be able to balance the storm, weather the storm, and be like an eighth seed? Go ahead, Ma. Yeah, I'm Miles. Yeah. I know I'm going to. It'll be interesting. I mean, there's a couple guys out, like Alfred Payton's out. Derrick Rose is out. But I don't know. This is it's tough. Like, this schedule is really tough. And if you look at it, the bench is kind of weak. Like, quickly starting today made the bench so weak because – Obi hasn't really shown much. Frank is <laughs> Frank is Frank. He pisses me off <laughs> every game, I feel like. And I don't know. I love the Knicks, and I believe if they keep playing hard and Tibbs keeps coaching them hard, which I think that's most of how we've gotten to this point, is Tibbs just coaching his ass off. But – at some point, we got to play these tough teams, these teams that we would see in the playoffs. And, I mean, we went toe-to-toe with the Nets today, but they didn't have Durant. And we got smoked by the Bucks the other night. Albeit undermanned, but I don't know what else this team can really do. Like, I don't want to see them make a, a crazy trade, trading first-round picks. I think they just need to weather the storm and try to keep playing hard and let the chips fall where they may. Hey, if 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 y'all can split the these road games coming up, that best case scenario, you probably won't split them. But hey, we, we talk about it all the time with the Clippers, man. The Clippers are are a few mistakes away from 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 losing a game with with Paul George not being able to shoot consistently. Um, and Nick Batum playing playing too many damn minutes. So <laughs> if, if if Tibbs coaches them well against the Clippers and, and you playing with high intensity and, and everything's clicking on all cylinders, definitely a game that you guys can get. Yeah, I think the thing with the Knicks is they're undermanned. Tibbs is doing his job, and we had so we were all so excited. We were all so live in New York, but then it's just like typical. It's just typical Knicks fashion. Reality sets in and it's like, hey, they might be in a situation of a playing game, honestly. And if that's the case, you know we can't give Tibbs coach of the year. We want to give Tibbs coach of the year because of what he's done so far and how he's literally basically single-handedly with the help of the front office changed the Knicks culture and now are in a conversation of getting the all-star. And actually, like, it's a real conversation, not, hey, LeBron's coming. LeBron doesn't even have a meeting with them. No, this is actually real change that's slowly being built. I think regardless, if they end up in a playing game, AFC, 
or if they just don't make the playoffs, I still think this is a successful season for them because the culture has changed for the Knicks. It's it's going it's they're they're gonna be a playing team, AC type type vibes because that's a tough stretch. That's that's a stretch where you might not win a game. They're gonna play hard. They 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 could take one from a team like maybe Phoenix. I don't I don't know. Um, but every team's trying to vie for playoff spots now and position themselves. And the second half of teams get serious. So this is this is this is tough. And you combine this stretch with the idea that the fact that the Heat are gonna get better, the, Celtics, the Heat are getting better. The Heat have won, won like five straight. The, the Pacers got Levert back. They're going to go on a little bit of a run. They're, they're got, they got better significantly because Pace because Levert's a beast. Um, and then you've got the Celtics surging. The Celtics, the Celtics are playing good basketball, at least better than they have played. And um, they're going to add another uh, small forward, it looks like, too. So they, they're going to surge. And then you add that in with this tough part of the schedule, they're, they're going to be an eighth seed um, trying to play in um, as well. And so... It's tough, but um, we'll see what we'll see what happens here. I'll be excited to watch them play the Lakers uh, at the end of that at the end of that stretch. I'll be excited too. I'll be watching that game. <laughs> Transitioning our last conversation, our last topic for the night before we close it out. I'm gonna throw out two statistics to you, right? And I want y'all to tell me if any of these numbers I'm throwing out to y'all should be in the MVP conversation. Not giving you the name, I'm gonna give you their stats. 27.4 points per night, 5.8 assists, 89% from the free throw line, and they are shooting from the three-point percentage, 40%. That's player one. Player two is 25.3 points a night, 11.2 assists, 8.8 rebounds, 48% from the field, 39% from three-point, and they're shooting 86% from the free-throw line. Player one and player two, are these MVP numbers? James Harden's an MVP candidate. Luka Doncic is not. (laughs) Oh, but that wasn't Luka. That wasn't Luka. Who's the first one? No. First one is Kyrie. Mm Oh, all right. I didn't hear the second stat. My Wi-Fi acting real funny. Second stat was 25.3, 11.2 assists, 8.8 rebounds, 57% from the field. Ooh, no, 48% from the field, 39% from three-point, and 85% from free throw line. Player one was Kyrie. Player two was James Harden. James Harden has not been a part of the conversation. And funny enough, you mentioned you thought player one was Luka, who has similar numbers to Kyrie. But Luka is in the MVP conversation. So should James Harden be a part of the MVP conversation? And if Luca's in it, are we putting Kyrie in this conversation also? Kyrie more deserving than Luca as being the MVP conversation. I texted the group chat a while ago, remember? I texted the group chat after he came away from his month hiatus and told y'all that he, he was what, about two, three weeks after the fact and he started balling out of control. I was like, yo, man, he's, he's an MVP candidate. I said that months ago. The national media late. Come to come to the benchmark first for these takes, man. Because I've been telling I've been telling people for a minute that Kyrie deserves to be an MVP candidate. Um and, and for sure he does, and so does James. Um, they're both deserving to be MVP candidates. Um obviously they both can't win it and they both won't win it. That's fine. But James more so than Kyrie deserves to be an MVP candidate. If we're gonna pick one, James. James has made it all work. He's been the point guard for the team, he's been incredibly valuable. Um, to the Nets this year and kind of setting the table. And then also closing the door when the game when in hitting big shots. Him and Kyrie take turns hitting big shots in the end of the game. Um, we both we all know Kyrie, his track record is that he's a better player when he's not on the ball. Just period. But he's, but he's playing shooting guard. And you allow you allow him to say, you just like, hey, go down hill and score. Kyrie's just there's not many guys better at doing that than Kyrie Irving. So um yeah, I, I, Kyrie's been so efficient. His numbers have been so great. He's playing He's playing one of his best years in the league, if not his best season in the NBA. Um, he definitely deserves some recognition for that. He's made it. He's made it work. He's made it work, and they, they're both defeating the narratives about about each other. Like that's really what it is. They're both playing uh, in a way that people never thought they could play, and they're playing winning basketball. Which I don't know why that was narrative about Kyrie, because Kyrie had done it with LeBron. I know. I guess LeBron is the ultimate deodorant for that kind of stuff. Like you just think, okay, well you have LeBron, so it doesn't count. But Kyrie can play winning basketball. It's just a matter of whether or not he's in a situation where he can be off the ball and not play point guard because he's not a point guard. Kyrie is, Kyrie is two. 
Um, so that's really what it is. But yeah, they both deserve it. Luca does not. I, I Luca doesn't deserve to be an MVP candidate, bro. Come on, son. What are we talking about? I know they're going on a streak right now. They don't play any defense. Okay, like it, that team is gonna make the playoffs because they're a good enough team to make the playoffs in the Western Conference. Um, Luke is amazing. Luke is an MVP level player, but he's not an MVP candidate this year. It's just that the Riders are so thirsty to get, man. I'm going to say it. The Riders are so thirsty to get a white dude in the conversation, bro. How is Jokic a top three MVP candidate? It, it, it doesn't even make any sense. It, it doesn't even make any sense. Make it make sense, bro. And you're throwing Luke in the tail end of the conversation over James. Why? Because James forced his way out of Houston? That's not a disqualifier. James has played his his butt off since getting to the Nets. He's the reason why everything is working. He is everything. He's the glue that's kept them together. Honestly, he's been incredible since getting there. Um, in every way, shooting the ball great. He's getting guys involved. He's everything that team would have needed. He's exactly what they needed to make it all click. And it's been perfect with him running the show. And then you throw Luca into this because what? What did he done to deserve it? Luca puts up numbers. Yes, that's great. A lot of guys put up numbers in the NBA. That team had been horrible. Had been horrible. Lucas spent most of the first half of the season crying about calls, literally out there crying on the court. Like, what are we talking about? I love Luca. He's a great player. His time will come. But they gotta stop trying to force feed us white dudes to give the MVP to. All right, that's not what this is. And that's the that's what the that's what the media is doing right now. Chris A. Wow is making about race. Yo, let me tell you something. There aren't many things in life that aren't about race. I just I just want you guys to understand this is this is the world we live in, okay? So when you force Jokic down my throat and tell me, oh, you know what? Pause. When you, when you tell Jokic that, or you tell Jokic that he's the. Nah, you, I heard enough. I heard enough. I heard enough. When you tell me that Jokic is an MVP <laughs> candidate, a top GMP candidate, yo, Tone can edit these, by the way. When you tell me that Jokic <laughs> is a, a top three MVP candidate, and and you're and you're you're forcing him down everybody's throat, right? You know, as, as it's, it doesn't make any sense. It doesn't make any sense. And so um, they haven't won enough games for him to merit that, to be in that conversation. He's played well. But there's no way that either one of them have won enough games and have contributed to enough winning for them to be MVP candidates. So, no, man, like Kyrie and, and James are both more deserving, not just both, than both of them, than Jokic and Luka, and both. So, yeah, that's where I'm at. Last question before we end the show, before we close out. Can the Nets win with James Harden being their best player? Miles, head shake was a no. I, I think they can. Because I think that even if you have KD in a reduced role, KD is still KD and Kyrie is Kyrie. Um, you're not asking as much from James. James can be your best player because James said that James getting easy shots for everybody else. James might be the best player this year. James is their best player this year right now. I'm saying even when KD come back. So the answer to that question, I think, is yes. When does KD come back? I'm not asking as much from James. Huh? When does KD come back? That's to be decided. Playoffs. The playoffs. It's probably (laughs) the playoffs. Like, at this point, no, you can't risk it with the hamstring, hamstring. So, yeah, but um, I think they can. I think they can win with James being the best player because you're not asking him to do nearly as much. The load's not as heavy. So he can still technically be your best, have been your best player all year, and y'all can still win a championship because you're going to have KD back. Miles, close it out for us. You was over there, as Drake said, making this face as if you drink sour milk. Close out the show for us on Harton possibly being the best player for the Nets. I mean, I guess I could change my tune because I did forget KD was there. I'm thinking of right now, if he's their best player right now and they were to go into the playoffs without KD – which, I mean, he's been banged up all year. They're going to hold him out as long as possible so he can get healthy. But if it was just him and Kyrie, I don't know if that's enough to make a run. But if you put another superstar alongside him, then, yeah, they can definitely make a run. And, I mean, the way he's been running point for this team has been been nice to watch because, I mean, I said it a few weeks ago that he should be in the conversation for MVP. Because he's basically what stirs the drink for this team. Like, he's setting everybody up, getting everybody easy looks. Kyrie's having his most efficient year in the league by far. And I think James has a good deal to do with that. He's getting him easy looks. So, I think the way he's playing right now, yeah, they could they could make a run with KD. Without KD, 
Yeah. I don't know. Well, we'll see what happens. We we hope and wish a speedy recovery for KD. You know, he's coming off of the Achilles uh, injury. And you've seen with Boogie, you've seen with Clay. If that isn't really shored up, your body tries to compensate for other things not being there. So you saw with Clay, he had the re-injury. Now he's out and he's not going to be playing for like almost two years by the time he comes back. So hopefully this isn't the situation with KD and that he comes back fully healthy because everybody would love to see this team in the playoffs and possibly in the finals against the Lakers. Nobody would want to see a decimated Nets team in the playoffs. Uh, We would like to see them at full strength. But this is another episode, another installment, great episode of the Bench Mob Podcast. Y'all know the vibes. If you stay ready, y'all ain't got to get ready. Bench Mob, we out. Peace. Peace.